Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact Podcast, episode 54, and today is going to be a short and sweet episode, uh, because if you can't tell, my voice has been, well, I lost my voice this entire week, and I'm only operating maybe at about 80% right now, uh, which is very awkward when you had been dedicated to putting out a weekly podcast. I think this is the first time I've ever had um, a compromised voice for it. So just please be patient with me and and we're going to rock with it together. So today I want to kick off two announcements. Number one, uh, please, I'm just going to start right off the bat. Please, please, please rate, rate, review, subscribe, even if my voice does not sound (laughs) up to snuff today. I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it, but also how helpful it is. Uh, reviews are basically what determines the success of the show, how many people can find the show. Uh, incredibly, incredibly important. Please, please, please rate, review, subscribe, and let other people discover the magic of the nonprofit and impact-making careers. Um, so please help us out that way. Number two, please go check out and hang out with our new sponsor, Headbands of Hope. I talked about them in last week's episode. They were the social enterprise feature of the week, an amazing social enterprise. They originally started as a one-for-one company, really kind of modeled off of Tom's shoes. Um, They also donate cancer to the St. Baldrick's Cancer Foundation um, to support cancer research. They are so incredible. And at this point, uh, they carry a lot more than headbands. Everything can be, uh, you know, all genders, gender neutral things. They've got headbands, they've got hats, they've got turbans uh, for the pandemic. They've had masks. They also have a lot of like really just cute, fun things for your hair and hair accessories, like um, scrunchies and pins and just like decorative things, baseball caps, like bandanas. They have so many cute freaking things, so many decorative things. And you know that every time that you're buying one, you're also gifting one to a child who has lost their their hair to cancer and just wants to feel real cute, really pretty, um, and just kind of put a little pep in their step. Again, gender neutral that goes to all genders, all children, all people. Um, and same for you. There's something for everybody on their site. So if you go to headbandsofhope.com and you use the code IMPACT for a fun little discount, uh, which of course, we love it. We love a good discount and we also love a good social enterprise here. Quickly, what I wanted to talk about today really came up organically this somehow this week. I've been talking to a couple of different uh, potential clients. Uh, if you have been listening to the show for a while, you know that I founded Operation Alone, which is a nonprofit organization uh, back when I was 18 and I was a freshman in college, really knew a heck of a lot of nothing. And now I've done uh, close to a decade in the nonprofit sector. So both working for myself and growing Operation Alone with my team, but I've also been really fortunate uh, and really excited to learn under some of the largest like 
nonprofit organizations that we have in the U.S. and quite frankly in the world. I did a year-long internship with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I've also interned with the American Red Cross and their Disaster Services Center. Uh, I've also even worked for for smaller orgs that work on a community level for, like, for example, uh, the Oshkosh Area Community Foundation Pantry. Um, So did a little food pantry action, just a whole gamut of things. And so now I also do kind of a little bit at the moment as like a side hustle, side gig is doing nonprofit uh, consulting. And really my specialty for that is helping like startup nonprofits really get off the ground, uh, help people just really establish themselves both for kind of like the nonprofit entrepreneur who... Uh, just has this like idea and this passion and they want to go and they have no idea where to start or they're nervous about things like paperwork and making sure they're going to do it all correctly. It's also helping nonprofits that are very young in their kind of like infancy stages or just very young stages and really need help like growing and scaling and getting to like their, their next big level. It was really funny. So I was having two client calls this week. Um, the first client wanted to talk about two different organizations and um, then this other gal, she's incredibly lovely. I actually have not met her in person, but I, I've idolized her and followed her for a long time. Uh, she recently had a, a very upsetting tragedy in her family and they're working on setting up a nonprofit and a, a really what I think will be a scholarship foundation uh, to come off of that. And so it's just been funny that two of the organizations I've been talking with have really been talking about the difference and really guiding them between should they start up as an organization or as a foundation because the other gentleman I was talking about he was referencing referencing me to another girl and she kept saying she wanted to make a foundation and within this conversation I was like you know well, what does she want to do with it and I to me it really was just this back and forth of should it be a foundation should it be an organization Uh, And I figured since I've had this conversation multiple times this week that it would make for a good quick hit episode. So really, you know, when people talk about a nonprofit organization, like the very general nonprofit, again, like Operation Alone, like the the make-a-wishes of the world, uh, they're talking about a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. So as a quick rundown of that, again, 501c3 is your identification. That is your inter- that's your tax code um, from the IRS. And that really says that you are tax deductible. So what does that mean? Whenever someone donates money to your organization, they write that off on their taxes. Um, and when people always say, it's a tax write-off. Um, I think we all like, if you watch Shit's Creek, you know, the, like the little th- quote thing that they did back and forth about like you write it off you just write it off and like no one pays for it the government just pays you back for it uh which we know isn't true um so quickly also to explain that basically what a tax write-off means is that let's just say for for simplicity of math's sake uh you make fifty thousand dollars in a year well you are being taxed on your income pretty much at all times unless you live in a fun state like florida or texas or Uh, I think there's like six states that don't do income tax. Those are just two off the top of my head. But you're paying income tax, which obviously comes out in every paycheck. And then when you do your taxes at the end of every year, what you're really paying taxes on in that ridiculous form that we all go through, and maybe you have an accountant, maybe you use TurboTax, um, you're basically actually whittling down the amount of money that is actually considered your taxable like living, like your taxable income, your your earned income, um, that is qualified to be taxed. And the thing to that is every time you donate to charity, you get to chop off of that block. So 
you know, I think usually, so if you make $50,000, I think at least in Wisconsin, like the standard deduction is 12500 And then you just, you keep getting all of these tax, like credits, tax rebates, tax, tax write-offs. You, like, you, go, you keep going down the list. Uh, so you get one if you own a home. I think you have one if you have a kid. Uh, maybe if you adopted and fostered a child, like that's an extra, I think like $10,000 tax credit in the state of Wisconsin. Like you're your goal basically for, for the largest like tax rebate um, at the end of the year, or uh, maybe you, you have to pay a lot into taxes. So to get that number down, what you're doing is going through all these categories and chipping away the amount that they actually can tax you on, which would be like that, that last line of, of the first page. And so being a tax deductible organization means that every time someone donates to your organization, they get to write that off in their taxes and chip away at that block. So maybe now they so that you can only be taxed on like $30,000 of your income. Um, let's I'm just living in that world real quick for again, for the, the ease of math, I'm not an accountant, please don't, <laughs> please don't base any of that for your your tax needs. That also means from the organization standpoint, um, so like operational loan, we do not pay taxes um, into the government every year the way like a business, a corporation would be paying taxes at the end of the year. We do file taxes every single year and we do pay the filing fee that goes along with that. That basically also, and again, as a 501c3, your taxes are uh, fully uh, transparent. They can be viewed by the public. Anyone can basically look you up at Charity Navigator or honestly, at just like if you go to irs.gov and, and go to the charities and nonprofit section of it, you can basically look up any charity and make sure that they're in good standing and, and literally pull up the copy of their last year taxes. Uh, you can do this for operational loan. Very easy. I'll tell you for us, we file the um, the easy form. You're, you're going to look at like a one page PDF. So have fun. Uh, so when people are talking about nonprofits, that's usually what they're talking about. They're talking about the 501c3 tax deductible organization that is doing some kind of good for the world. Now, what I think is really interesting is when people also choose to do foundations as opposed to organizations. And it was also funny coupling off of this. I was talking to a gal at work the other day and she uh, had really, she has no understanding of like the nonprofit realm or charity or any of those things. And she asked me, she was like, you know, my depiction of charity and the people who start charities is that it's just like a bunch of rich people who just have all this extra money and they don't know where to put it. They don't know what to do with it. So for like, you know, tax implications and, you know, maybe good PR and like looking good in their community, they just like start a nonprofit. And I, I laughed hysterically. I cackled and I was like, oh God. I was like, no, I was like nonprofit founders are people like me who didn't have two dimes rubbed together, but just want to do these really good things for the world. I was like, I think what you're actually getting at in terms of these super wealthy people who have a lot of money that they use to start these foundations um, would be foundations. And to that, a foundation is very similar. I think the most common that you we think about for foundations are either scholarship foundations or community foundations, um, basically every community. So, you know, wherever you are, like I'm currently in, in Door County, there's a Door County Community Foundation, a Madison Community Foundation, Oshkosh Area Community Foundation, like pretty much any city will have a, a community foundation for a lot of their charitable needs. And basically the difference for a foundation is that it's an, a charitable organization that did not qualify like under the tax code to be a public charity. So they're very, very similar to nonprofits, except the foundation will usually, that money is coming from a family 
or corporation or corporate entity uh, to, to fully fund and start up and maybe keep funding uh, that money, that budget every year. Another great example of this is Walmart. Operational Loan and our amazing team grant writer, uh, Matilda, shout out Matilda, uh, felt we apply every year for the Walmart grant foundations. Um, they, again, Walmart has a community foundation. And so you are available, you're able to apply to 25 Walmarts um, and like Sam's Clubs, I guess, too, within your area, your service area every single year. And so Matilda went through, she did an amazing job, applied to 25 Walmarts that were really similar to all of the service areas for operational loan. So far, we've heard back from two of them. Um, both the DePier and Sturgeon Pay Walmarts have given us a $500 grant. And the thing is, so that is very technically the Walmart Community Foundation. So that money that they give to charity. So and it's kind of cool the way that, that it works. Every single store uh, gets to review all of the applications that come to them. And the store managers and the people of the store very much choose exactly the charities that they want to benefit in their community. So Sturgeon Bay and De Pere very specifically chose operational loan um, to honor us. And they get those as a, on a rolling basis, I think, starting in February every year. And they basically will give out money until it runs out for their year and what they've budgeted. But the thing is, is like they don't fundraise money for the foundation Walmart as a corporation fully funds that foundation. And so every store gets a certain number um, allocated to them every year that they get to choose what charities they want to, to, to deal with. And so that's a great example of a different foundation that is fully funded by a corporation. Now, obviously, something like Walmart has a stupid amount of money that they're pulling in. So it makes sense that they also would have a foundation to go with it. And I like that they have it set up so that every store gets to choose their own you know, their own causes and their own people, which I, I think is nice. Uh, you also hear very wealthy families who, again, again, it's fully funded by the family will have a foundation like, um, and I know they're going through a divorce right now, but like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's because they're not raising any money. They're not fundraising any money. They just have the money and they want to give it out. They want to give it away, which is fantastic. Very similarly, like Sarah Blakely from Spanx, like she has the Sarah Blakely by Spanx Foundation. It's because those people are solely, you know, solely fun, like not, they're not doing any fundraising. They're not asking anyone for other money. They're just giving it out of their pocketbooks. Um, mostly, very specifically, just BT dubs, when you are of that incredible level of net worth, like Sarah Blakely, who is a bill, like a literal billionaire, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, billionaires, even divorced, they're still billionaires. Um, I really appreciate that they are also the kind of people who did sign Warren Buffett's giving pledge, which actually dictates that they will give away 99% of their overall worth. Uh, they're, yeah. I don't know the details of it. I am not in that caliber of wealth. <laughs> but uh, so that's also one of the reasons why they have foundations like that, because they literally have signed a giving pledge that says they will be giving away 99% of their wealth. Because quite frankly, at that level of being a billionaire, it, they, like there definitely becomes a point, and I know I'm not at that kind of level of money, but like there comes a point where it's like, what the heck can you actually spend that much money on? Unless you're giving it away and, and you're handing it over and you're doing something really good with it. Uh, like you can only have so many houses and drive so many cars and take so many trips and like, you know, do whatever. Like at some point, you got to do something else with that freaking money. So 
Um, shout out to billionaires who have signed the Giving Pledge, right? Uh, fun fact, people like Jeff Bezos has not. I don't know what that man does with that much money. Like, what in the actual world? Anyway, that is here nor there. So the only other couple differentiators I want to point out for foundations are that you, um, and honestly, this has just been some research on my part. This has not been personal, uh, you know, experience at all. This has just been research. So if you're looking at starting a foundation versus a versus an organization, I definitely would get would seek other counsel, specifically in your state. Um, the other thing too is, you know, I, I think a great differentiator, like we said, are if you're fully funded from corporations or people, but also I like to think of it as like organizations are nonprofits that are really, that are very actively doing something like they're actively providing services and foundations are providing money. And a a different great example of this is like the uh, Miss America, right? Big part of my story and how Operation Allo got founded. However, I think they're a great example of these two things acting, uh, side by side. So the Miss America organization is a 501c3. And that is the organization is doing the stuff. They're hosting the pageants. They are hosting the scholarship competitions. They're behind all of that fun stuff. However, scholarships for the national and the state level and some special things, you know, down for the local girls and whatever are all paid out by the Miss America Scholarship Foundation, which is a 501c4. So again, it doesn't, you don't have to be uh, fully funded by a person or a company to be a foundation. You also can do something where I think your only activity is to, to hold and pay back money. If your only activity is dishing out money and you're kind of this like weird charitable bank almost, then that's also very different. Um, and in that realm, that's how I, in my head, would really separate an organization versus a foundation and also a 501c3 versus a 501c4. Now, different tax implications for foundations, uh, and that can definitely vary by state. So again, wherever you're filing, double check that. Um, and some other things, again, I, I had to do research for this. This is not personal experience, but um, it also says that you should expect to set aside at least $5,000 to start a donor advised fund sponsored by a financial firm. Uh, many community foundations can set this up for $1,000 or less, but it usually takes at least $250,000 in assets to make a private foundation worth some of the, the costs and the upkeep. Uh, if you are a very wealthy family and this is something that you're looking to do, there also is an extra bonus in here about deductibility plus control. So it says donors may also to make tax deductible donations to their own family foundation and still sit as foundation trustees and remain in control of the investments in the management of the funds as well as the charitable disposition of the gifts. Um, so again, I think this is something that very wealthy families do. I know very wealthy families have have also, like when they have their own foundation, own foundations have a, a, a board of directors um, who are approving of when and where the money is going and how the money is flowing. Um, so really interesting kind of setup there. Um, specifically with something like endowment funds, uh, when you are giving a percentage of your estate, there is an estate tax reduction. There's also double uh, capital gains tax benefits on this, which seems really odd to me because it says donors may claim charitable deductions for the full market value of the appreciated stock if they've donated stock to an organization, which is also super possible. I would say the biggest disadvantage here is, again, lots of initial 
financial time and money to really set this up. Lots of the financial fees and maybe lawyer fees if you're doing the paperwork. Very similar to, to nonprofits, though, for a 501c3. Um, there's a lot of paperwork and time and money involved there, but it's kind of a horse apiece. And the only other thing here is something called, um, and I, I might be pronouncing this wrong, but an excuse tax. So private foundations are subject to a one point to a one to two percent annual tax on the net income, depending on the level of grant making from year to year. So effective tax year starting in December of 2019, um, that actually has been a flat 1.39 percent, um, and that really is just defraying the cost from the government regulating the private foundations. So foundations do have that 1.3 if that still is accurate that was uh true in 2019 i i don't know that that has gone up um so so do keep that in mind because this this operates very differently as a full it's not technically a fully tax deductible organization um so that also can put some of your donors maybe at a little bit of risk of how they're going to file that especially on how they can maybe file it at the end of the year and again, especially if your donors like are giving money or they're giving estate or they're giving stocks or they're, they're, they have used part of their endowment, uh, it can kind of mess with how they're going to categorize it on their taxes. Um, also in general, just again on another note of taxes. So uh, just to also clear up based on the, like I was explaining before, how the tax deductions work and kind of whittling away at, at your, your income for the year and what can be taxed. Um, so just as an FYI, so individuals may receive tax deductions for donations to public charities to the extent of 60% of their adjusted gross income uh, for cash gifts and 30% of their adjusted gross income for gifts of appreciated property. So basically meaning if you make $50,000 in a year, you can only like write off 60% of that money, which wow, I hope that you don't have any other uh, bills that you can give that much away. But you can only uh, deduct 60% of that. Now, however, to gifts to private foundations, the limit is 30% cash and 20% property. So keep that in mind. But again, I really think that uh, for when we boil it all down, I like to think of organizations and foundations, again, 501c3 versus 501c4. Are you providing services and doing active things for people or the community or the environment? Or are you giving money? Are you can kind of controlling and then redoling out money? Um, and you're not really doing any services on top of that. Um, I think really answer those two very simple questions. And then after that, figure out how you really want to go for tax implications, for marketing implications. Uh, and then also you know, think about the fact like, how are you also going to fund this foundation after its first year? If this is something you want to live on for a long time, which hopefully if you're going to go through this process, you should, uh, you know, is it going to be your family's money? Is it going to be, you know, private individual people who are contributing to this? Is it going to be attached to a corporation who is giving away X, Y, and Z things? Or are you going to have to engage in fundraising activities for it because if you're engaging in fundraising activities I would probably like general fundraising activities not just like rubbing elbows with some other people who like sit in leather chairs and smoke Tabasco pipes or whatever super wealthy people do I'm painting a broad picture like roll with me here folks 
then maybe, uh, again, roll it with a foundation. But again, I was talking about this with multiple clients this week alone. So I thought it would make for a great uh, conversation here if anyone else is debating how they should set up their nonprofit, if it should be an organization or a foundation. So I hope this was helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, you can always uh, DM me on Instagram. So I, as a person, am at Susan Foch, or the podcast is at Make an Impact Podcast. You can also send me an email, which is Susan at OperationOnLoan.net. Thank you. If you got into the end of this episode, thank you again for dealing with my voice. Again, I fully lost it um, for the majority of this week, so I'm really grateful that I'm at least uh, 80% capacity, and hopefully by next week's episode, I will be uh, back in action. So thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe. Go check out our lovely sponsor, Headbands of Hope. Use code IMPACT for $5 off your first, well, actually any order um, at headbandsofhope.com and also be, you know, bringing a smile to a child's face who's battling cancer uh, and have an absolutely wonderful day. Go make an impact on the world. Hi, I'm Susan Foch. And when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now, let's make an impact together. <laughs>